0: Right. So uh, today's our new setup. We're going to be testing it out with Instagram Live, with Zoom, and setting up for our podcast. So we may or may not have some technical difficulties. So so, so bear with me, please. Great. Uh, fantastic. I'm going to let our guest introduce herself because I'm still going to be managing a little bit of the tech.
1: Hi, everyone. Hi. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Latifah and uh, Ali, for inviting me to be part of this discussion today. Where we're going to talk about uh, self esteem, boundaries, what does it mean living on your terms? And my name is Anastasia Stoyatska. I am a Harvard certified human behaviorist. And what it means is I'm somewhere in between being a psychologist and a life coach. And basically, everything I do stems from behavior sciences, aka cognitive sciences. So I do believe that you and I are not so different on a human basic level because everything is our behavior is predominantly determined by our cognition however some cultural intricacies play a part into our human behavior and that's what i'm very passionate about i am currently based in dubai i've lived in the u.s in jordan i'm multilingual and multicultural so that's a bit about myself
0: all right fantastic thank you so much for the introduction so a little quick recap guys we started mental health about two years ago the core purpose being just to create awareness And just to kind of help people learn a little bit about what's going on, help them understand themselves better. You know, one in four, one in five people are suffering with some form of mental health and mental illness. So the idea is to create that awareness and the idea is to take it to the next level. I'm grateful that you came here today to talk to us. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you for inviting me.
0: So why don't you tell us a little bit about the topic that's on hand today?
1: Sure. So as you mentioned, mental health is something that uh, we need to raise more awareness about. And a lot of people actually think it's being stigmatized here in the region. However, I think that, you know, respectively, mental health awareness and issues and going to therapy and so on and so forth is uh, quite a new concept even in the West. I think that for the past 10 years, maybe we've been talking about it more recently here in the region, and I definitely know from my practice that the demand is there. There's not enough of expertise and supplies of trained professionals to help people who seek therapy, uh, but there's definitely this awareness that people are needing help, that this is not something to be ashamed of. Uh, it's definitely rising, and as you mentioned, a greater number of people goes through some sort of like challenges, mental health challenges throughout their lifetime. And today specifically, we're going to talk about how self-esteem is at the core of these uh, challenges. And yeah, so we're going to dig in and see where it stems from and how we can cure it.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate that intro. But before we get into the discussions of self-esteem, I think it would be really beneficial for the audience if they have a little bit more information and perhaps clarity on understanding how you would define what core values are and how these core values are related, connected, or influenced by societal norms or societal pressures
1: so to answer your question uh, what are the basic core values is i always like to give this analogy to people who especially who live in dubai who pass by dubai roads all the time and see all these new high rises being built and the commonality of all of these buildings is that their foundation right uh so if you have a strong solid foundation and you've built the house on it especially if you you know maybe been saving for it for quite some time, you've designed it with your heart and soul. The foundation should be your core values and the house should be your life. You don't just let anybody into that house. You don't just let anybody in mess up that foundation, which you spend some time building. So you protect it.
0: That's great. Thank you so much. See, now the issue that I have and my key area of concern has stemmed from the feedback that I've gotten from people over the last two and a half-ish years when talking about mental health and these things. And and the the singular, most annoying thing that I keep hearing and I can't find an immediate solution for is stigma Mm -hmm. and and social stigma and stigma from society. Oh, shh, don't talk about mental health. Oh, we don't say these Mm -hmm. things out loud. Oh, who's going to marry you if somebody hears that you had to go to the therapist for this and this and this? So these are also societal norms. Norms does not necessarily mean good things. So what what can what what do we what do you have to say about this? And you know, it's important to stand for your values, but a lot of your values are inherent from your culture and right. your parents and your parents' yes. culture. So when when are you in line and when are you too far? And you know, what, what's your what's your take on this?
1: Culture does uh, put us in a certain framework. Culture is just the reality we have to live with. It's not neither good or bad, but it's something we have to adhere to, right? And of course, it's up for a debate. Like, do we really have to? Do we not? You know, in some societies, such as the U.S., they're very individualistic. So, uh you know, when we talk about cultural norms, it's me, myself, and I first, and then I benefit the society. But when we talk about the Middle East, is I need to think about the society and then me, myself, and I if I have the time for it. So this is this borderline which. Every Everybody's talking about, you know, do if I'm going to start taking care of my mental health, like am I going to be selfish or am I going to be selfless? And the, the borderline is, is uh, very tricky and you have to de- establish it for yourself first and foremost. Uh, but in order for the society to be happier, to have a more solid foundation, you need to be able to take care of yourself first.
0: Um, I agree. I, I agree 100% with you on this. You know, but the, the, there's a couple of things here. First thing that kind of flagged when I was listening to you was the selfless versus selfish. Yeah. So how do we get to the realization that we are not being selfish? And, you know, uh, there is a difference between selfish and self-love. And I think that's a, a vocabulary that we don't have in this part of the world
1: to answer your question where is that borderline you define it for yourself Uh, but when you see the value of what you bring to the table when you are protecting your personal boundaries nothing can take that away from you later on you know because uh you know as as they say kids don't want uh, a stable household they want a happy household yeah especially a happy mom so to to be a happy mother and to, and father as for that matter as well you know you need to take care of yourself and to do that you need to disconnect sometimes even from your kids from your parents you need to go on walks alone you need to go on trips alone you need to uh, think about what is it that you want that's going to fulfill your dreams and hopes and whatnot and most importantly you shouldn't be sharing it with everybody else because the common goal of the society um, Okay, if we want to go back to evolution again, Uh, you know, as we were living through scarcity throughout so many centuries, uh, we were always, um, we always needed to be liked by others in order not to be thrown, uh, you know, of the boat, eaten by others, <laughs> and so on and so forth. But nowadays that safety net comes from the society. If I'm not liked by my society, it means they're not gonna give me the work I deserve. It means that maybe the person who I want to marry isn't gonna marry me. Maybe my mom is not gonna make my favorite meal because I was bad today for whatever reason, right? Because I'm not liked by her today. Uh, so, so on and so forth. So that, that safety net that used to threaten our actual safety now became the safety net that threatens now our psyche
0: well see it's, it's interesting how you mention this and bring a couple of very interesting perspectives to it so there is this sense of wanting to belong wanting to you know wanting for people to like you it's it's human nature but the problem is not that the problem is you know uh, and i'm going to go back to because i have a tech background i'm going to go back to my tech background we have a saying uh garbage in garbage out when we talk about data so if we have the, the sociocultural norms that are negative, because they are not healthy norms to have, and if they are the ones that are creating this sphere of influence around us and we are in that sphere of influence, and at the same time we want to conform to that sphere of influence because we want that sense of belonging. It seems to me that this is so cyclic uh, that you know bad behavior gets bad behavior, you know and I'm, and I'm seeing this through generations now. What, what's your take on this?
1: mm good question you know if i had uh... A simple answer would probably be a billionaire by now. I always tell people that when they ask me such questions, right, about the social fabric of the society. Uh, But no, I do see it changing, to answer your question, because I do have a lot of friends who go to therapy both with their wives, who might not discuss it with their parents, but who protect those social boundaries, you know, and they pass those different values along to their children so i definitely do see uh, do see it happening does it happen in massive numbers no it's not uh, but it's just the need for change i think is happening because everybody's talking about getting out of the comfort zone, which I think is like a used and abused phrase. I hate it. <laughs> I think nobody just wakes up and thinks, oh, today I'm going to get uh, out of my comfort zone. I always tell people, if you're in your comfort zone and you're comfortable, don't get out of it. Yeah. There's no yeah. need because we only change if there is a need to change. I hear you. So uh, right now, I feel like, you know, especially in the region is uh, one of the topics we don't talk about is a high divorce rate and a lot of people are seeing it and they're doing something about it i know people who've been now you know on their second or third marriage who are like that's it i can't get divorced anymore i need to work on this i need to put in work maybe i didn't know this when i first got married when i was 22 but now that i'm 40 i know better so the change is happening but it's slow of course
0: i think I think you're right on both counts. And, you know, uh, what I've looked at and what I've seen kind of matches with what you're saying, I am seeing a very small, very small percentage and, you know, very incremental change. And even, and, and the, the problem that I have with this, I'm not saying it's not, it's not good to have change. I appreciate that change is happening. I think it's fantastic. But the issue that I have with this, and it's forcing this entire generation to live a double life. You know, you're somebody else when you're at home, with your parents and the ex- family and extended family. And when you were outside, you're somebody else. And, you know, and, and I've talked to so many people, so many, so many, so many youth. And they're like, yeah, this is our normal. I'm like, but how do you reconcile this normal? Who is the real you? Oh, sir, you know, Ali, bro, the real me is the one that's outside. The real me is the me that I'm with my friends. I get to be me. At home, I have to present the special, sp- you know, specific image. I'm like, okay, fine. You're leading this double life. What happens when you want to get married? You know, your parents want you to marry somebody who matches the personality of you at home. You want to marry somebody who is the personality that matches who's outside. It's it's, it's excessively difficult. I know a lot of young guys, a lot of young women also, who simply aren't getting married for this reason. They're like, we have, you know, great recommendations and for proposals coming from the family, but I am not compatible with this person. Right. Because this person is compatible with this image of who I am at mm-hmm. home, but not the reality of who I am at home. And I think this is a massive contributing factor to the to the, to the the divorce rates yes. in the region, not just the country, in the region, to be yes. honest. Yes. And if anything, I've noticed over the last 10 years, divorce rates are rapidly rising. Soaring, yes. Rapidly rising. And when you peel back the layers and you ask, why is this happening? No, there's definitely fundamental issues that are there with, with any relationship in you know, this we have not been taught to be a good communicator. And to be a good communicator, you have to be a good listener. That's not easy to do. You can hear people, but you, you're not always listening. Right. So, you know, that, that for me, majority of the relationships I've seen who, who've gotten into troubled waters, it's one of the fundamental issues has been poor communication. And then just outside of that, so that's if you look at the issues that are internal to a, a couple. And then if you look at the external issues, immediately the first thing is family and society. I, I know so many. I have so many friends married, no kids. Every single day, somebody has to comment, "Oh, you don't have a kid." Mm-hmm. Inshallah, God give you a kid.
1: And but, once they have the first child, then it starts but, with the second, right? But, but, when are you going to have a second yes, kid?
0: But, but, <laughs> but they don't want a kid. Did right. anybody ask them if they wanted a child? Mm-hmm. You know, I know I know both of them. For I'll give you one example. I know a lovely couple, my friend and his wife. They do I, I am maybe one of five people on the planet that know that. Did they? don't want to have a child when they were even talking to each other before mm-hmm. they were married when they were engaged they made it very clear to each other and they're both like yeah we agree on this but we can't tell the family so this poor wife is the one who gets the blunt of the pressure of course you know and then and then after a certain amount of time people start talking about the guy also that oh maybe he's just you know he's not maybe maybe his man his manliness is not manly enough to have a kid so I mean how do you how do you do this how do you like do you live this double standard or do you do you live your reality and just say okay here guys this is who i am and then the family and society will talk bad about you what do you think
1: i'm gonna be completely honest i think that it's it's great that uh, this couple you just uh told us about it was so open with each other at least they admitted to each other before they even got married they didn't lead each other down some uh you know expectations that they couldn't fulfill Right. Uh, Fulfilling those expectations in terms of uh, the family, we cannot separate that from the identity, from the national identity as Arabs, as GCC, as Khalij, as UAE nationals, as whatever, because that those family ties is what makes up the national identity. But uh, as we just finished talking about, the change is taking place. It's slow nothing is is fast right i mean dubai has been yeah. built so fast i know but nothing is as fast <laughs> in terms of the uh, changing the human fabric right so a lot of goes into development and uh, to change in the mindset how do you reconcile those uh, two different identities if you will then you know I think that you just have to keep doing what uh, you're doing. Unfortunately, you have to play a role at home and you have to play a role uh, with yourself. But uh, somewhere in between, you need to set those boundaries for yourself. Where is that borderline for yourself? Is it okay to mislead somebody and get married to them because they came from your family, but your mindsets and your values don't match? This is the answer only you can give. You know what I mean? Or is it okay to go out with your friends and tell them some stories of your life which you're withholding from your family? This is also up to you. So you have to be the judge of your character, if you will, right? Because the society will judge you either way, whether you sit at home and never leave the house or whether you go out every day uh, from 5 a.m. until 5 p.m. We're not in a position to say it's right or wrong. It's just it is what it is within the societal norms but going back you know the societal norms are changing but this you know i don't know if you and i are going to see the change to be honest but maybe our kids will hopefully right Mm -hmm. because if it started with us if our generation started talking about it it means that we you know hopefully we're talking about it at home and our kids are already uh, growing up with a different understanding of what self-worth is and how not to be um, double standard if you will
0: yeah, I, I I agree with you. I agree with you on this. I grew up my entire life in the Middle East, right? So I've I've, I've clocked in like 17, 18 years in Saudi Arabia and the rest of it here. I've seen massive change. Yes. I I remember a time not so long ago where women weren't in the workspace. They weren't. You go to any company, you just see guys. You go to malls, you see guys. Women simply weren't present. And I remember uh, my dad used to work. He's retired now. When he used to work in Jeddah, I went to visit him one year, and he goes. Guess what? I'm like, what? I got to show you something. I'm like, really? What do you got to show me? So he's like, come downstairs. So I went downstairs with him, got off on the floor. And on one side of the, outside the elevator, on one side, there's a door and there's an intercom. And the door is glass, but it's all like a uh, smoky finish, right? You can't see through it. So he presses the intercom. I'm like, what's this top security level? <laughs> what's going on? And he goes, it's uh, it's Khawaja. I brought my son to uh, you know visit. Mm-hmm. And then I heard a lady's voice. Well, Mr. Chawad, just give us a few minutes. We're gonna basically they were they were putting yeah, their yeah. shela on, yes. and then this lady came and opened the door, and I went inside. And I'm like, Dad, I whisper like, what what is this? He goes, It's the women's <laughs> division. I'm like, What? What? <laughs> women's division? He goes, Yeah, yeah. It's women's. It's all full of women, very well educated, very well spoken, very articulate. And I used to visit him every six months for almost six years. So with every visit, I saw like now the door is open. Um, now there's no physically segregated women's division. Now it's just women working in different departments. Right. And then, you know, a few more trips later. Remember, every six months I got to visit, so it was like a very interesting snapshot. <laughs> and then it was like I'm walking into a normal workplace. There's men, there's women, There's some are wearing shayla, some are not wearing shayla. As per their personal choice, whatever it is. I saw that societal norm change and shift. So I know it's going to change and shift. My concern is these are things that society sees. Yes. Right? You know, these are things that society says, okay, we need to
1: work on work
0: on we need to transition from whichever model that we had to a Mm -hmm. new i'm not going to use the word good bad i'm not going to use the word old and new or modern this is just the wrong way to look at it. it's just a different way of doing things so we see globally people working everywhere we see globally you know women launching and running startups all the time it shouldn't be a surprise you know it shouldn't be a thing so the government here has done fantastic to support women's initiatives and to get women into the workplace and all these things are all great but inside the house, this is when we are not in the public mm-hmm. space we're in the private space. there is so much struggle, so much struggle and i want to go I want to go back to uh, you know our core disc I know we deviate a lot, but go back to our core discussion. If we are talking about self love where where does it start where Where do you define or identify or work towards understanding what are the important things in your life
1: just to piggyback on that is that uh Yes, the societies, the governments here, KSA, UAE, uh, across the GCC are doing a lot of initiatives. They're putting a lot of effort to bridge that gender gap even more. Uh, But I think, uh, you know, when you look at it from the Western perspective, like if you live in the States and you've never been to the GCC, you know, you only hear about it, then you probably think that women here are oppressed, Uh, they need to be wearing shayla, they need to be uh, covering their hair, it's not by choice, and they're staying home because their husbands and uh, dads told them to. It's because there's no opportunity of the workforce for them. Uh, But up until recently, it wasn't really the case. It's not that they couldn't go to work, it's that many chose not to from uh, my understanding and i dug through some anthropological research for that as well you know and it confers my beliefs that you know because of the societal norms uh, which still do exist whereas like you know Oh, my daughter shouldn't work. I should provide enough for my mm-hmm. daughter not yeah. to work, or or my wife shouldn't work. You know how come my neighbor's wife doesn't work? So why mine should? So that mentality s- still exists. It's not as prevalent, but it still exists. It's not that the women weren't yeah. let, uh, you know, to enter the workplace or do a startup. Is that there was no need for them really to do that. They yeah. they would much have rather dealt with other things. And this is what the West doesn't understand. But at first, I wanted to. Address that and secondly talk about self-worth the most important most importantly we learn from authority Uh, so when we're growing up our authority are our parents and up until two years old our connection with the mother is vital because mom always gives us that sense of security so um to answer that we start with uh, with leading, leading by example happy mom who is f- fulfilled it doesn't matter maybe she she runs a startup maybe she's a housewife but El mohammed knew she's happy in her own self she has her priorities straight she knows that if she maybe she wanted all she ever dreamed was is to have five kids and raise them to be decent human beings and that's perfectly fine you know or maybe her dream was to run the biggest startup and compete with google and then she had you when she was in her 40s for example but you know she gives you that example of self-fulfillment that's also fine so there is no right or wrong it's just like uh, as i say in business terms leading with authority so showcasing by example and then even if you are already grown up and you're listening to this and you're like oh you know damn it like i haven't had parents who would have fought this way it's not too late to change uh what i always say to people is that self-confidence is not inherited you can develop it you just have to work on it it takes about three weeks to six weeks to see the changes
0: uh interesting you brought up brought up the topic uh about the mother My my mom is like one of the toughest women i know <laughs> She, she, to me, she defines what a feminist is supposed to be, and uh, unlike when we look at uh, social media and how they define feminists, it's something totally different. So um, when when we moved, the entire family shifted from Saudi to the UAE, and at that time, women weren't were still not allowed to, they weren't permitted to drive. So when she got here, and I was like, Mama, do you want me to, um, you, you, know, get you a car? Mm-hmm. Do you want to take driving lessons? And you know, like, you mm-hmm, know, because mm-hmm. now you can drive. And she just looked at me like, go get me a driver. I don't drive. (laughs) And and she's like, I've lived my life like a queen. You think I'm going to change now? I'm like, I didn't mean it that way. Sorry. (laughs) And then then I asked her, I'm like, but mom, like, I don't understand. Why do you like not want to drive? Every single woman I've ever talked to, like, oh, I can't wait to leave. Like once I leave Saudi, I love driving. I love being this. I love being whatever. She goes, look, I want the choice. Mm -hmm. the choice should be mine. Yes. And if I choose that you have to get me a driver or you yourself have to drive me when I call, then that is my right as a mother. And as a woman, I want the choice. I don't want somebody else to take my choice away and I don't want somebody else to make the choice for me. Yes. you know. And then I looked at everything that she's done in her whole life and it's literally fallen under these very, very simple, clear guidelines. So I think we were really blessed. But, you know, majority of households, unfortunately, aren't like that. This is what I've been hearing from people for you know, a thousand plus people that I've spoken to the last two-ish years. How do you boost your self-confidence? How do you boost yourself? How do you give yourself that courage? How do you give yourself that energy so then you prioritize yourself first? You convert that word selfish to self-love. How do you do that?
1: Okay, so now that we know why we need the foundation, we hopefully have built some foundation. We know why we need to protect it. Talk about how, how actually to to build it, I guess, right? This foundation being um, the analogy, obviously, for self-esteem and self-confidence. And uh, I say, first of all, create your stop list. I call it a stop list. So stop list includes three activities that you should not be sharing with others. Those are your dreams, your plans, and asking for validation. So three items on your stop list should be always there. Uh, you don't share those because this is something very sacred to you. And when you ask for validation from others, it just uh, merely means that, you know, you're not convinced 100%. Uh, So that's why you need somebody else to validate your idea. But you should always remember that their validation comes from their psyche, from their past experiences, their past experiences, I want to stress that, not yours. And, you know, whether or not you're going to pursue... Uh, your plans and your dreams and whatever only depends on you because you're going to have to bear the consequences. So it, it's it's bad and good news. You know, you can develop self-esteem, you can do it yourself, but the bad news, you're going to have to bear the consequences. <laughs> of any decisions you make. So the earlier you wake up from this illusion, you know, that your people want you to be happy, the society wants you to be happy, and once you conform uh, to the norms, then, you know, everything is going to be great. Then the earlier you're going to start realizing that, it's just forgive me for saying it, but it was a waste of time. And uh, another advice I can give to people who want to boost their self-esteem is to learn that no is a complete sentence. You don't have to explain yourself. Uh, when somebody asks you, you know, you, are you be busy on at seven p.m. on Wednesday? And I have this podcast. I can tell them I'm busy. That's it. It's a full sentence. I don't have to explain myself. You know, you need to stand in your values and determine what your values are and what you want. And to do that, once again, uh, you start by basic things that do not involve anybody. I always say that you need to wake up and realize whether you want to drink coffee or tea. If it's tea, does it have to be with sugar or with milk? How many spoons of sugar can you drink it on the go or you have to actually sit down and drink it does it have to be from a hermes cup or a plastic cup all those little things are going to propel you to build your social boundaries some people think it's quite silly but it's not because once you fulfill those instincts of knowing what you want and what you don't want, what you can tolerate or not, it's gonna be easy to protect your boundaries because you know that somebody's violating uh, your privacy or somebody's violating your tea time, which you mm-hmm, really need mm-hmm. because otherwise you won't focus during yeah. the day.
0: I'm smiling because I concur with you on it. You know, <laughs> I, I, when you said "no" is a full sentence, I, when I tell people this, they're like, "Huh?"
1: Yeah, what does what, it mean?
0: What do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, look, look, I'll, I'm gonna be you know very brutally honest with you. You don't like to say no, so you say inshallah. Yes. And that's the wrong way to use that word. That word is not, is, is not supposed to be used the way you're yes. using it. You're yes. using it like, okay, I don't want to say no. Yes. I'll say inshallah, and then I'll just ghost the other person. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> why is saying no so problematic? And, and I think a lot of people need to learn it. They really need to actively learn to say no. And you would think it's something so simple, but you're 100% right. They don't. It, it's this, this, this. oh, I'm just being polite, it's, or it's, it's, it's disrespectful to say no. no just
1: I, I think it's because no requires taking responsibility, and people don't want to take responsibility yep. for how the other person then yep. might feel. But exactly. then again, you shouldn't attach their feelings to your actions.
0: 100%. Their feelings are not your feelings. You shouldn't attach it. I agree with you on this. And I think learning to say no is, is I think, one of the greatest skills to have. And and there's been times that I've been asked something and I'm like, nope. Yeah. Sorry, I can't. But but and and the other person's shocked, like, did did you just say no? Like, and then they're kind of waiting for a follow-up. Like, oh, I would have really loved to have done this for you, but something, something like you want me to come up with a story to pacify telling you no? Yeah. No, it's just, I'm I'm busy. Or, you know, and I tell people, I'm like, look, maybe you can't just directly jump to no. Maybe it's just too big of a leap. Why don't you do a, a no plus alternative? Right. You know, hey, you you let's go to dinner tomorrow. Sorry, can't. Nope. Or rather, hey, look, tomorrow's not possible. How about next week when I have a little bit of time? Right. Or I can't yeah. right now. I've got, you know, some deliverables with work or university or whatever. Okay. So I'm like, do the no plus. And then understand that the plus is not even required, yeah. which, which gets very interesting. Um, any, any actionable, okay, two groups of people, you know, if you can give me recommendations on things that are actionable for university students as the first group. And then the other group I want is, is young adults. This is, um, by young adults, I refer to teens, high school kids. Because mm. these two are, a lot of people think they're the same, but they're very distinct groups of people what are your recommendations for each of these on to going back to our topic of living life on your terms. your
1: terms yeah i love it okay uh first of all for both i would say that our brains don't actually fully develop until we're 25 so it's okay to make mistakes up until your late 20s and you know try different things out because if you won't do it in your 20s then you know Uh, you might never do it, and you're going to definitely regret not doing something. Uh, So for the teens, I would say, you know, ask your parents to try different things out. Ask your parents to take you to jazz lessons, to piano lessons, to arts and crafts. See what you like and what you don't like. And then, you know, it's going to help you develop anyways, because, you know, if you look at great people who accomplished something, like even if you take uh, Tom Ford, the fashion designer, he's an architect by trade, yep. you know, and yep. he only became so successful because he was so good at math and architecture. So you never know where the journey is going to lead you, but you need to try and uh, fail if needed and definitely for teens i would say learn another language not only arabic and english you know it's gonna help you with uh, your cultural environment it's gonna once you learn a language you really learn the culture yeah. your worldwide view opens up you know you become more open-minded and it's very very important read a lot yeah. paper books don't get stuck on scrolling social media all the time And that's in a nutshell for youngsters, if you will. And for college students, I would go back to recommendation about no is the full sentence. Not sharing and oversharing your plans and your dreams. Because you need to learn to take responsibility early. If you don't do it when you're 20, it's going to bite you in
0: in, in that place (laughs) in your 30s. You
1: know what I mean? Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, last, uh, lastly, I would say that have groups of people, different groups of people with whom you discuss different topics. Mm-hmm. So have one group of ladies with whom you discuss fashion. Have a group of, uh, mixed group with whom you discuss, I don't know, uh, investments and startup pitching and whatnot. It doesn't have to be the same people. Mm-hmm. The more, and you know, definitely for both groups, the more people with different mindsets you surround yourself with, the more immersed and open-minded you're going to be
0: exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> what i was gonna say so so you know same thing the thing i the things i tell uh, you know the youth is i like look first of all who you have as your friends is very important
1: your circle right is important. your circle is important yes. and understand
0: it's not a singular circle there is a core then there's a wider circle then there's you know acquaintances and then there's people you know so understand it's rings not right. just a singular circle so your core circle your super super tight circle doesn't need to be more than one or two you don't need to have 25 best friends. It's not how life works. But these different rings, that, as soon as you start going outside, they are the influence that you want. Think of it that way. Yes. You, whether you like it or not, will be influenced by the sphere of people yes. you surround yourself with. Be smart about who you surround yourself with, you know, uh, there's many references about, you know, you show me your five closest friends and I'll tell you who you are. So the first thing I tell everybody is your friends. Choose this wisely. Ver- yeah. Choose very wisely, and be smart. And choose
1: wisely with the information also. Yes, yes, That yes. you consume.
0: Yep, so the, the second thing I was, te- was going to say is that the second thing I tell everybody is I want to see your library. I want to see what books you have on your shelf, right? I want to see what do you, what are you, you have to feed your body, you have to feed your mind. I want to see what you're feeding your mind with. If I see you eating, You know, junk food every day. You're going to Burger King, you know, McDonald's, whatever, (laughs) cheeseburgers, big milkshakes, fries, dripping oil, whatever. I know if I look at this, I know what your body's going to be like without even looking at you. I can look at your food. I can tell the same exact thing I can tell about you is when I see the books you've been reading. And like you said, when I see reading and you said reading, not scrolling on Internet and three hours into TikTok. And oh, I read this really nice one tiny article. No books. Show me books. So this, this the second thing to me is very important. The first, your friends, the circle yes. you keep. The second, uh, the books you read and how, how, upscale you, how much you upskill yourself on a regular basis. I think these contribute massively to your development. The third thing that I think, well, no specific order of importance, but the third thing is a little bit tricky because you may not have the budget. The third thing is to travel. And, and that's exactly what you also said, is when you expose yourself to other languages and other cultures and see how, you know, different people in different parts of the world live life, you get a new perspective. And you're like, wait a second, this is interesting. Yeah. You know, wow, this is very interesting. You know, and we have such a massive overlap with culture, you know, in the UAE and the Arab world and Korea. You know, we look at the the yes, amount of K dramas that are that are consumed. It's ridiculous. But when you when you watch, and I don't know if you watch, but you know, I got hooked because you know my friend Latifa got me into K dramas. <laughs> when you watch them, you realize that their their cultural norms about being polite, about being respectful to family and respecting the elders, and you know, there's not a lot of flashy skin showing, and there's not a lot of you know innuendos, and the, it's very very humble, very kind of chill, very down to earth type of stuff. You, and then you're like, okay, now I understand why, with a language that is so completely different to Arabic, mm-hmm. why there's so many people watching it. And I'm like, oh, you know what? The cultural overlap in this is so much more significant in how people live their lives than compared to, if you're watching, like, well, I'm going to give a very old reference, like you're watching 90210 <laughs> and how high yeah. school kids used to be back in the 90s. <laughs> there's nothing like even actual high school kids used to be. Right. You know? So, so I think traveling, or if not, if you're not able to travel reading about other cultures, trying to pick up a language. And the nice thing now with your mobile phone, there's so many apps like Duolingo. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: These things get so easy. Uh, Anyways, we are almost out of time. Uh, Anastasia, if you could tell everybody where they can find you and where you know your resources are you know drop your little handle and your plug over here
1: <laughs> sure yeah thank you uh guys for tuning in and thank you for inviting me i hope it's been a pleasure of conversation uh you can find me on instagram at anastasia.moskovska m-o-s-k-o-v-s-k-a or at crossculturalconnection.com is my website and i'll be happy to get in touch thank you
0: all right fantastic uh i'm not gonna remember that spelling i will definitely add it somewhere in the comments or the (laughs) chat or screen so don't worry people uh it'll be posted along with the content thank you so much for coming i really appreciate it thank you for inviting me so take care everybody